0: Welcome, I'm Steve Martin, I'm the Chief Nursing Information Officer and I'm joined by Dr Matt Tovey, uh, the Chief Clinical Information Officer for the Trust. Uh, we're going to start by talking around workflow and then we're going to move on to a Nuance software and then we're going to end it by talking a bit around the integrated care record as well. So again, we're going to keep it very conversation focused. So. I guess uh, Matt, workflow. Then um, explain to us what what is workflow. And and my understanding is, you know, it's from a very basic point of view, it's around how we do things in what way. Uh, for example, you know, I come into work, I check my emails, and I guess workflow is is that, isn't it? Or is it a bit more than that? Can you explain?
1: Hi everybody, it's, it's good to be back. It's good to have had a bit of feedback, and it seemed it went down quite well. So hopefully we'll we'll carry on with that. But Steve, I think you're absolutely right with with workflow. It's it's how we do our work, how we get given our work, and how we kind of manage that throughout our our working lives. And I guess to to kind of put that into some a, a way that people might understand, the way I think of. Of this is in a number of ways. You've kind of got your personal workflow, and that's how do I know what I need to do on a day to day basis, and how do I manage that? And the reason this has come about, certainly for us, I think, is that people have contacted me and said they find it really tricky to keep abreast of. All of the different communication channels, as an example, that our trust has. And and our trust is doing really well with a lot of this stuff, but but we do have a lot of ways to to communicate with one another. So we have the NHS mail, we have our npft.nhs.uk mail, we have our Teams channels and, 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 and Teams teams we have silo that we can use as well and with all of these different ways to communicate it can be really hard to keep track of what you need to do and i guess thinking about that we took it to the digital committee didn't we last yeah, week yeah we did and, yeah
0: we did a paper didn't we well yourself did yeah yeah
1: and what we asked for there was a bit of time from the trust to start thinking about this to see whether we could make um, the working lives of our staff easier and more efficient, and ultimately that's better for our patients because we can see more patients, and we're making sure that the data we record is better. So, again, by way of an example, it might be that in future, um, instead of getting emails that say, "You know, Steve, can you do this for me, please, and need it done by next week," somebody is able to assign you. A task in in a piece of software called Microsoft Planner, yeah, uh, and that could tell you what they would like you to do by when, how important it is, and you could then decide you, you you'll accept that or you won't. And there's a bit of a cultural shift here, of course, because we're used to being very conversational and, and using our, our our manners to ask and request for things to be done, and this takes that away a bit. It's a bit in uh, it's a bit. It almost feels like a dictat, doesn't it? Please get you know do this task, and I'm assigning you a yeah. task. So, so I think there's some cultural work that will need to be done if we move in that sort of direction. But what it does allow you to do is to have all of your tasks, if you like, in one in one place where you can see what needs to happen. And building on that it might be that we can use some of the functionality in our Microsoft environment. There's something called um, uh, Power Automate, which enables you to kind of write basic programs to link some of the functions between the different pieces of Microsoft software together. And so it could be the case, and I, I don't know for sure that this could happen, But it it could be the case, for example, that I say, Steve, could you uh, get this report done for me for next week? I assign you a task, and I say, look, I think this is going to take three hours. Um, Send it to you. You click. Yep, that's fine. And I agree, it'll take three hours. And then through Power Automate, It would be able to find a space in your calendar before the dates that it needs to be done so that you can ultimately not only know what you've got to do, but you set out a place in your calendar uh, where that can be done. And that helps managers then as well know if if their if their staff have too much to do if they can't find any space for it to be done then are we giving people too much to do and do we need to rethink things so i think it has some kind of advantage there yeah. and if you want to make it even even more clever what you might then do and this is relying on our uh kind of vendors like Serverlec who provide rio for us yeah is to say, We want Rio to have this workflow functionality as well. And now, by way of a bit of information for the audience, we are looking at enabling the workflow module in Rio at some point this year. Exactly what that will look like, I'm not sure yet. I will let everybody know when when I know. Um, But what it might be, for example, is when you know that somebody's, uh, let's say their section is going to expire, that a, a team assigned to that patient will get a notification again, maybe through Microsoft Planner saying brilliant need to do this piece of work for your patient now. And then it, it will my hope is that it will mean that we don't miss anything we need to do. So we're all very, very busy auditing all of yeah. this stuff we know we ought to do. But if we automate some of it and it comes through as tasks, then that might remove the need to do some of that. So yeah. I mean does that make sense to you, Steve? Is there anything?
0: Yeah, else? I, I mean, I guess, I guess for me, I guess it's just thinking, you know, when we talk about workflow, what does it mean? What does it mean to, the, you know, a, a nurse on a ward, a nurse in a community? What is it? I, I guess it means, you know, it's how we use our tools in many ways. So, do we use an email to respond to this? Do we send a memo? It's how we how we do go about our work, I guess, and it's how we can how we can improve that really. Uh, and when we talk about workflow, I suppose it's about how do we improve it so we make it slicker how, how we make it easier so i guess that that's how i'm thinking about it you know in terms of digital workflow what is our digital workflow what do we do when we come into work we turn on the the email first then we check these notifications then we look at planet if we can make that easier for people it's going to release more time to be with the patient so which ultimately is the, the main aim I, I, you know that's, that's the way i interpret it. i think the mental health act uh, one the reminder is a good example because Correct me if I'm wrong. You know, you you know, as consultant uh, psychiatrist, you get a notification from the mental health department when a, when a uh, consent treatment is due or when a section's expiring. Now, if you were to get that in a notification form, that would save so much time, wouldn't it? If that was an automated message to you, so that's a really good example, I think, of how a, you know a small change to a workflow could make a huge difference.
1: Absolutely. And you know, it's whether you can build that into as, as few systems as possible. So interestingly, on that, and and a bit a bit ahead of time, but we'll give you a bit of a sneak insight here, audience, onto this. But um, we're having conversations with a with a company called Thalamos about um how we can improve the workflow around the Mental Health Act paperwork. Now Hopefully that will come to something, don't know for sure, but certainly what they're thinking is that they can manage to integrate this and, and get that kind of workflow um, a bit more seamless, which would be really good. So for as Steve has said, if we get all of those dates and times into Rio um, and then they could send automatic notifications, and it, it saves an awful lot of time and reliance on, on and kind of admin staff doing tasks that are probably not the best use of their time. They could be doing much more important things than reminding me that I've got a consent to treatment to do. And uh, I just wonder if it's helpful for me just to do a kind of a a patient scenario, if you like. So the one that that we discussed at the digital committee. So we talked about the situation where you may, a a GP refers into a service, say, for example, speech and language therapy. And at the moment, many of those referrals are done on paper or or, or kind of printed forms. Then that goes to a member of our admin staff who will check the email inbox perhaps at set intervals, but they won't definitely know when to expect a referral or when one comes in. And then they will have to take that data and manually enter it into a system often. Somebody then needs to triage that referral. Admin staff will then send a letter to the patient telling them when their appointment is. Often we'll find that a patient can't make that date. You'll then have this kind of communication ping pong until you find a time that both MPFT can offer and the patient can do. The patient will then decide they need to take some leave from work to attend their appointment at a site that may be some distance from their home, given the geography that we cover. We will then do our bit of clinical intervention, like the speech and language uh, assessment. It may be that after the assessment, we decide further referrals and tests are needed and, and we communicate that by paper. I like will fill in a paper blood form, for yeah. example, and then we'll write a letter that we'll send uh, to the GP. We can do that via docman now, which is good, but then we'll post a letter to the patient possibly. But, you know, and, and bearing in mind, we want to, ensure digital inclusion with all of this. So we don't want to exclude anybody by saying digital is the default. Digital is part of an offer. But if, for example, we could have GPs referring in via a web portal, um, which immediately pushed that data into RIO, into a workflow which alerted the admin staff that a referral was received and needs to be triaged, a clinician could triage it and outcome it, as part of that outcome, that Rio could potentially alert the patient that they need to book an appointment at a time that suits them on a a booking system. Um, And that might be a text message to an e-booking system or something like that. And then the, the, the appointment could be set up. It could be uh, triaged that it could be a virtual appointment, thus saving the patient quite a bit of time, although obviously we know that isn't appropriate in all circumstances. Mm-hmm. And then following that appointment, the, uh, the clinician could dictate their notes directly into Rio and send tasks to do the other bits of the work, such as the referral or the blood test. And a letter could be generated and sent to a patient health record, where the patient could view their letter that would be hosted on a server. So that's how I would like to think care might look in the future. That's probably what I think about the kind of patient workflow. We're not there yet. But what I was really pleased with is that MPFT is going to set aside some time to really think about this. And for our listeners, um, I'd, I'd really be grateful if they were to start to think about the sorts of patient workflows in their areas. We're going to do a bit of work on on blueprinting some so that people can see what we think these might look like. But I guess our offer from both yourself and myself, Steve and I, and broadly, is to look at those with services and see where the process might be improved or see which areas we need to look at investing in technology for so that we can realize this slightly more streamlined future which is less burdensome for our staff and more efficient and effective for our
0: patients. And I guess you know some of the software we we perhaps already have, you know, in the trust or we we perhaps already got on our laptops at the moment, you know, like you said around, you know, assigning tasks through a Microsoft planner. So I guess it is thinking about what we've already got. But I think I think it's 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 really it's a really good topic workflow, but I think people must understand that the purpose and the vision of it is to make work easier uh, more efficient more streamlined, and ultimately you know it's about getting to the patient quicker as well so I think it's a it's a it's a really good topic and and like like matt says I'd really welcome people's feedback or or uh, voluntary services really to volunteer the service, so we can do a bit of an audit and, and create a bit of a blueprint on it because it sounds very much as well, Matt, like it's almost like process mapping, isn't it? So it's 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 mapping our process and then actually looking at it and thinking, well, we could make this better with with this this bit of technology or perhaps using this here. And then I guess for me, it's around that training that 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 piece where we've got to engage with with staff and actually it might be an upskilling piece of work that falls out of it i don't know what what, what your thoughts on that and, and you mentioned around the um transcribing as well and i know we've got some we've got some software already in the trust with that um i don't know whether you want to touch on that uh further as well
1: yeah i'll, I'll come back to the the kind of voice to text stuff yeah yeah i mean i think i think it is process mapping and there's two benefits to that one is where digital might improve, but also you can look at data capture points in that. And, and and digital and data go together. And I guess my title is, well, both of our titles uh, have information in, and I think that's a lot about data. And if we can get the right data effectively into our systems, we can get good data out and look really at how um, how our services are performing and how we can then look to improve things going into the future. I think there's a there's a challenge for us here as well as to you mentioned about the software offers that we have as a trust. I think we need to make sure that we're reviewing the usage regularly. And that is so that we can support people where we find usage isn't great because we need to ask the question, why is it? Because we haven't done the training as well as we could have. Do people uh not know that this is available and do we need to do more education around that so that's that's a big request for us i think and it kind of links with the other work that i think we talked about last time so the, the digital toolkits we're looking to do for both staff and patients. And this is about kind of baselining where our staff and patients are on their digital journey and finding a way to make sure that we can upskill them to the levels that they are comfortable being upskilled to be, but also at work to get them where the service would need them to be in order to perform their, their duty as well as might be, uh, might be possible. Is that does that kind of capture what you were thinking
0: yeah i mean we've been talking for a bit uh, now, Matt. i'm just thinking um i think that that covers off the workflow topic did we want to move on to, uh, just before we end the podcast onto the last two topics sure um,
1: so um steve touched on uh, the nuance software the transcribing software so it was earlier today actually that i had a demo and this yeah. is software that enables you to dictate um, and it turns it into text. So the reason this is of benefit is at the moment, the way we do things in the trust is either a clinician types it themselves, which can be burdensome. And let's face it, for many of us, myself included, typing. I it's, not my, <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. it, it's not one of my uh, core skill sets. So it takes a lot longer than it would some of our, our other colleagues. The other way we do it is either to, to dictate onto an analogue tape, ship that over to where it needs to be typed, type it up, ping pong that back via email to the clinician who views yeah. use it. And, and you can see that that's quite a long process. And the same sort of process happens if you digitally dictate it. It's just that you're not using an analogue tape. So there is this solution out there um, that enables you to dictate directly uh, to text. So it could be that in the clinic, you're able to dictate your your work um, into a Word document, for example, and then uh, amend it there and, and do what you need to do. But also there is an ability to dictate it directly into Rio. There's, there's a couple of nuances, um, forgive the same name as the company, but there are a couple of nuances about how you um, do that in as I saw on yeah. the demo. But it's it's pretty straightforward to learn, um, and it's certainly a lot quicker than typing, and it's really accurate. And what this software does actually is it builds a profile for the individual clinician, so it gets to know you, your voice, and how wow. you speak. But it doesn't keep your data, so you, uh, yeah. or it doesn't you know um, data that kind of any anyone ought to be worried about. But it does learn as you go along, and you can amend, correct your your work, and it will learn from that. So uh, as you go along, you do better. And I know that colleagues, particularly up in the Haywood, when they tried something called Dragon Medical One uh, previously, found that it was or Dragon Medical found that it really struggled with accents. And of course, we have a, a very diverse workforce, not uh, with a number who who were trained. Um, or, or born overseas, and so accents can sometimes be problematic uh, for them in terms of their um, the, the dictation software. It doesn't pick up on it, but this doesn't seem to have that problem. It seems to accept whoever's talking in whatever accent. Um, and and does a really good job with it. The other real advantage to this is that it might help our staff who work in areas of poor connectivity. So if you're working out in rural Shropshire, for example, and there's no 4G, what this enables you to do is to dictate, it saves an audio file locally on a mobile device, Mm -hmm. and and it does what we call caches that, which means it kind of holds it in a holding area until you get a um get the connectivity will it will send it to their cloud turn it into text and then uh, a few minutes later you will have that text ready to manipulate and copy and paste into wherever you need it so hopefully removing the need for staff to be continually returning to base to type up their notes
0: i guess an example would be in the community nursing could you use it then could they
1: uh, absolutely i yeah. i mean to be honest, I struggle to see a staff member who wouldn't be able to benefit from this, even if you weren't doing an awful lot of you know, data entry into Rio um, or another EPR. Mm. We all write a lot of emails. We all di- we all write a lot of documents mm. for, for uh, Word, etc. And this is likely to really minimise uh, the time we need to spend doing that. Now, I, I can see some people perhaps being concerned about what that means for parts of their roles. I'm not sure I'd be too worried because I think what we can do is people can um, take on parts of roles that are more supportive of developing services rather than-
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, from a nurse's point of view, it's very much part of our code of practice to actually improve the services which we work in. So I think that's important as well, you know, because we have got that duty to continuously improve as part of our roles haven't we so i'm just conscious uh matt at the time you know we we did plan to keep these podcasts quite short and i'm just wondering whether it's worth perhaps uh closing this one and then you know ask uh, informing our viewers that we will be discussing the integrated care record at the next one perhaps absolutely would um, you agree
1: I, I i would and i would ask again from our listeners to really give us some feedback. Have you found this useful and informative? What digital and tech problems are you currently facing that you think um, we might be able to solve? And what would you like to hear us talking about? We're hoping to get some some guests onto future episodes who are a lot more technical than Steve and I. who can talk to some of the the, the um, digital projects that are going on. And in fact, it's we're hoping that june will be we'll see the release of our um digital strategy and, and so it might well be that we ask one of our colleagues martin perry is doing a lot of work on that to come and talk to that because certainly the draft versions i've seen look really good i don't know what you think
0: 100 yeah really good and i know martin and the team have spent so much time going around services uh canvassing and, and getting that engagement so i think it's going to be a really good piece of work And. Uh, I think it's uh, it's always great chatting to you, Matt. And I know you've probably got clinical stuff to get to. So, um, do we should we end the podcast there today? And um, and just for just for listeners, our next one will focus around the integrated care record. Thanks, Steve. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. <laughs>